Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, continuous free agency news. It was a quiet day for the Birds, but they did try to make some big splashes. We'll get into what it means coming up next. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by my co-host, Gino Camilleri. It's a Tuesday edition of the show, guys. Episode 2 of 5, downloaded into your phone wherever you get the podcast. We are available on all platforms Monday through Friday in video form as well on YouTube. And we're on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DiBiase, L-O-E. Do you know what's up, man? A quiet day for the Eagles in the free agency period. Made the big signing yesterday with Hassan Riddick. Three-year deal worth $45 million, 30 of which is guaranteed. Big splash, big first day. Uh, today, they did not make a move as of yet, but we're going to get into the moves they tried to make and uh, at the same time take a look forward to see what's to come because this is not the only move they're going to make with Riddick, and you can tell they're trying to take some big swings. And they did a lot of in-house reconfiguration today, which is something yes, that they, they usually I should, yeah, do. I should say they didn't make any moves. They took care of their own. They usually do this on that second day of free agency. I don't know why it's a trend. Maybe he, how he likes to do that and let the second day play out for what it is, get his guy day one. And then I expect a lot of action tomorrow, Lou. I always know once that new year comes about at 4 p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. you get a whole slew of tweets that come through. I remember 2017 when Elshon signed here, that was right as the new year opened. And I expect the Eagles to be in on deals. And the thing about that is they don't really let things get out and about like the Hassan Reddick thing. That was kind of under wraps until they really went out. Yeah, we talked about the possibility because we wanted Riddick, but we hadn't heard anything. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't ties like all this quarterback news. No, there weren't ties like to Marcus Williams that we had heard or Justin sure. Reed or Jones. guys like yeah, Chandler Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. This was really one that I'm glad that they got it done behind closed doors, got him for $15 million, took care of the guys in-house, and they didn't tender some players today in a, a big name, Lou. Boston Scott, he could be on his way out of Philadelphia. Yeah. He was one of the guys who did not receive a tender. Mm-hmm. It was the lower tender that they gave to everybody, including Herbig, I believe. Yep. Nate Herbig signed a one-year extension for Greg mm-hmm. Ward. Um, who else am I missing? I think there was Andrew another. Chassery, my yes, friend. a big-time special teams player as mm-hmm. well, signs a one-year deal. Uh, the tender with Nate Herbig, they could have also placed a second-round tender on him, but then they would pay him over $2 million mm-hmm. this year. And considering you don't know if Herbig's going to be a starter, not sure if it would have been worth that kind of money this year. So, uh, but I love the move. It gives you some flexibility. Mm -hmm. And if nobody matches, uh, Herbig does come back to Philadelphia. Well, I should say the Eagles would have the right to match any offer that does come in. So they took care of their own today, Gino, but uh, some devastating news at the same time, encouraging because the Eagles tried to take another big swing. You know, I think they took a swing at Russell Wilson and then Calvin Ridley hurts right here. This one and hurts right today, here. Look, we loved, we both loved the Hassan Riddick signing. And if the Eagles were going to make a splash, I would have predicted probably at the edge of receiver. But the one we wanted the most was safety because we knew mm-hmm. the options in free agency, 
most likely at the top, better than the draft. And you had an opportunity to land somebody like Marcus Williams in his prime, exactly what this defense needs. And the Eagles knew it, though, man, because according to Jeff Mosher, an Eagles insider, the Eagles were in on Marcus Williams today till the very end. It was them and the Baltimore Ravens competing for Williams. Williams ultimately signs a five-year deal, right, worth upwards of $70 million with Williams um, to the Baltimore Ravens. And to hear they were competitive, again, is encouraging that they're going for this, and I love that. But, man, is it heartbreaking to know that they fell just short. I see all these people out there like complaining about safeties, right? There's nobody in this sphere of Eagles Twitter that has begged and pleaded for a premier player at this position to replace Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod, who clearly had surpassed their prime when they let Malcolm Jenkins walk. And now with Rodney McLeod, you can still bring him back, which arguably might be the move right now just to have a safety net. Yeah, But Marcus Williams, man, that was exactly what you and I were hoping for, a guy who can do all the things on the back end. That number is right around where I figured he would be. I would yeah. figure he'd get just south of 15000 Especially 15 seeing after what Quandre Diggs got yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Lou, there's still a couple guys out there that can play that I think could start right away in this defensive backfield. But none of them were the bell of the ball like Marcus Williams. Yeah. But what you and I take away from this is, Lou, they're like a power hitter right now, the Eagles front office. They're striking out, but they're taking big swings. And I'm okay with that. When you play fantasy baseball, and I did this for like 10 years, it was so boring. I do not recommend it. I recommend fantasy football over anything or going to betonline.net to place any wager you want. But you would get a power hitter, like a guy like A-Rod, right? Yeah, he'll get you a home run every other game, but at the same time, he's going to strike out three to four times. That's where the Eagles are now. Like they hit the home run with Hassan. They struck out today on Marcus Williams. I think their eyes are going to be elsewhere because they're still in tons of impact players. I was going through the list today of teams available free agents, Lou. There's like three or four guys maximum taken off of the free agency roster. And I love the ones they're going for, man. I mean, like Hassan Riddick is a player they were interested in and landed. Marcus Williams, a player right in his prime. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they made an offer for Christian Kirk that was fair, but of course he's going to take that deal in Jacksonville. Uh, Kelvin Ridley, I just really like the types of players the Eagles are gunning for in free agency Mm -hmm. this year. I absolutely agree, Lou, and I think that trade route still is on the table. A lot of things can happen before tomorrow. Teams have to make sure they are cap compliant by this time tomorrow. You're going into the 2022 year. The numbers are going to hit the books. The contracts come due. you got to make sure you're under that number. There could be some last-minute wheeling and dealing from some teams that might be in a desperate situation. Or you take advantage of these guys that want to get on a roster before maybe some of these guys do come due after the year starts. So it's going to be a lot of hectic situations tomorrow, and teams are going to be bidding. And I think the Eagles are going to be in, especially at the safety position. There's still guys like Ronnie Harrison still out there. Marcus May, I know you're not the biggest fan of him. I'm just nervous with the the down year and the injuries, but you're right. I mean, like right now, Marcus Williams is off the board. Quandre Mm. Diggs, Justin Reed, Jordan Whitehead signs today with the New York Jets. Mm. So yeah, the available options, like there's still names to watch. Marcus May, as you said, Tyran Matthew, 
I maybe Gino at this point like the idea of the honey badger the most. I mean, 13 interceptions over the last three years, that coverage intelligence, that attitude. Maybe mm-hmm. you bring back Rodney McLeod, you sign Honey Badger, and then a second round rookie. Maybe that's the idea moving forward, or maybe you try that with like a Jaquiski Tart. Uh, it just, I, you know, right. I, I wanted Marcus Williams because I really want that, and it can be a linebacker or safety. But we've talked about it before. Just that one Swiss Army knife type player on that second and third level, that difference maker that can wear so many different hats. And right now, again, there's still options, but. I feel like, again, the, the big ticket item you were going to get in free agency in that role would have been Marcus Williams. But, um, yeah, there's still options that I like. And, again, expect McLeod coming back to be one of them. And I look at what the safety position gave you last year. I would say you got a quarter of a season of very good football at the end. But the rest yeah. was really a, a mishmash, right? Yeah. They so didn't right kill now, you. You just didn't really use them, really. I mean, it was deep cover, too, most of the year. Yeah, and I think Anthony Harris not being what maybe Gannon expected him to I be. Yeah. Rodney McLeod coming off of that injury to end that 2020 season. I think now you have to at least be interested in upgrading that position. And there are still players out there that I hold in a higher regard than Anthony Harris. Like even a guy like Terrell Edmonds, he's still very young. He was didn't live up to the first round hype. But he's been a serviceable player for the Pittsburgh defense, which, yeah, they just happen to have Minka Fitzpatrick back there. So they do have the guy you and I are looking for where they can let Edmonds walk. I would take a swing at him as well. This team is not going to stop until they at least get one guy in there, Lou. Because what we've heard well, they have to is, right now, you need yeah. two starters. I mean, the only player under contract or two of them are Marcus Epps and Kevon Wallace. At least out Andre Chassery, but we talked sure. about we'd rather see him as a punt gunner yeah, right. than being in the defensive backfield. Much like who was it? Who was the guy that they signed from Seattle that was Chris Maragos? Yes. When uh, Chris yeah. Maragos, he was on the field for a little bit playing single high back in, I think it was 2015 under Billy Davis. And it's like, no, we don't need that type of player. We need a guy who can actually defend and match up against tight ends. And I, I like the idea of Tyron Matthews. Like, he would bring a very physical, aggressive, smart mentality to this defense. I, I saw somebody, I think it was uh, Tony Amp from, uh, from Locked On Jaguars. Wig said that he would see the Honey Badger going to Canton, Ohio, to be in the Hall of Fame. And I, that's a very bold he's claim. He's had an underrated career, for sure. He's had a very good career, man. Yeah. And he had that good one year in Houston, which allowed him to go to Kansas City the year after that. And his character has turned around completely from what he was in college. And he really is like the heartbeat to a defense. That's mm. really what I believe they need, Lou. Like wherever it comes from, either that linebacker position, like you say, where he could cover yeah. and do everything. Maybe Hassan gives you a little bit of a bump there, but you really need a guy on the back end that could quarterback that whole thing. Yeah, They need exactly. a guy that can have a green dot on their helmet, whether it's at the safety position or a linebacker that can mm-hmm. do everything. And they really don't have that player right now. No. And again, it might you might have a better chance at this point getting that through the draft, mm-hmm. but no matter what, they have to add some safeties right now. This is, you know, most, uh, excuse me, most of the time the Eagles are proactive compared to reactive. As you mentioned on the safety show last week, uh, right now, they they need some uh, catching up to do for sure at this mm-hmm. position, but there are players still to watch out there. Uh, Gino, coming up next, the Eagles continue to take swings at wide receiver as well. We'll take a look at what's to come potentially on the offensive side of the football in free agency. So that's coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. 
And if you want to bet on some of those positions that the Eagles are looking into, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, you can bet the futures on Allen Robinson and Juju Smith-Schuster potentially becoming Philadelphia Eagles. And where can you do this? Where is this grand old location that you could do this? It's at betonline.net. Oh, did I tell you that? It's also the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Eagles Podcast. Lou and I, anytime we place our wagers, when we did our LOE3s during the season, it was always at betonline.net. They have the easiest user interface. You could go and create your own props on any sport and bet and bet and bet and win money. And there's only one place to do it. It's at betonline.net. Net. You can bet hockey, college basketball is in full swing, UFC, UEFA Champions League, whatever you want. If you're a lacrosse guy like myself, just won my first game today as a coach, you could also bet on professional lacrosse. Not many sportsbook have it, but betonline.net, the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network, is where the game starts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri recapping day two of the tampering window in the NFL free agency period. Tomorrow, officially at 4 p.m. Eastern time, opens things up officially where contracts can be signed. Right now, it's all verbal agreements. You can back out, kind of like Randy Gregory did today, Gino, for the mm. Dallas Cowboys. Moving over to the uh, Denver Broncos. As for the Eagles, they took care of a lot of their own, re-signing Greg Ward, bringing back as well Nate Herbig. Those were the two big moves there, as well as not tendering Boston Scott. There's Mm -hmm. still a chance he comes back. I think they're going to want to bring him back uh, in that backfield for sure. So a lot of in-house moves today. They tried to take the big swing at Marcus Williams. They just lost out to a team that right now is better with a better secondary and paid more. So can't be too mad at that. But, you know, Gino, they're they're missing on some here. But, I, again, I just like that they're taking big swings. You know, it's mm. safety. They nailed the Hassan Riddick signing. Even a quarterback, you know, they've been trying to make moves there and add an elite quarterback if they could. Um, and at wide receiver, too. I mean, they nearly pulled off the Calvin Ridley trade. They would have him if it wasn't for the suspension. And then we found out this morning as well, per Jimmy Kemsky of the Philly Voice, that, They made a fair offer to Christian Kirk, but he got a pretty unfair deal for the Jaguars. It was unfair in Jacksonville. So, you know, he wasn't really going to take a deal in Philly when he was getting paid north of 17 million a year to be uh, with the Jaguars. But it's clear to me that they're trying to add a proven receiver to complement Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. But after missing out on Ridley and Kirk and DJ Chark heading today to the Detroit Lions, I don't know, kind of like safety, there's options out there, receiver, but I'm starting to shift my focus more for some of these spots towards the draft to get more bang for your buck. I've always been round one wide receiver. Literally. And as it always should be. I mean, that's the draft is where you're going to, you know, Keep swinging. that's why most teams build around the draft for a reason. What we talked about at the wide receiver position was that there's going to be overpayments and it's going to be driven up. Nobody expected Christian Kirk. I mean, nobody. No. Agents are mad. GMs. Well, that's are why mad Chark today kind of brought it back down, right? Because yeah. that's a same tier player, and he got what ten million dollars in a one year prove it deal. Yeah, yeah, he got ten million dollars yeah. one year prove it deal. Going up to Detroit, he's going to be with Amon Ross St. Brown. I think that's a very good duo that they have there for whoever will be quarterback up in Detroit. I think that kind of brings the market back to where it should be. Yeah, right. Like Juju, like I reported from Eric Gelko, that he said that nine was the number. I could see that happening, especially coming off of 
two down seasons with injuries. Maybe that's a number you get a guy who's still young, bring him in here, at least get him into the building to see what he can do. I'm on board with that. But now, like you said, we still have these three first round draft picks to worry about, not to worry about that we have in our hands, but can we shift our focus? Like you had said on the wide receiver position, which I absolutely would say yes, because Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, you can get any one of those guys. I'd rather have them than Juju Smith-Schuster at this point. I would as well. And I I would love Allen Robinson, you know, Mm. but again, like I saw Darius Leonard today, you know, pitching the Colts to Robinson, which I thought was hilarious. It's like, dude, the guys play with Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky's entire career. And you Mm. were just complaining a couple days ago about how the Colts have a different quarterback every year. And so as much as I would love him to be an Eagle, I just don't know why Robinson would choose a team that doesn't have a proven quarterback that doesn't throw the football that much. And you'd be the third passing option. So I would love it, but Again, I just think with the realistic options right now, I would prefer the draft, as you mentioned, too, with some of those prospects. And some of them, just by the large number of prospects available, are going to be there at 15, 16, or 19. Um, but, you know, one move they could still make, and most likely it's going to be Zach Pascal will probably be the expected move. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I'm just waiting call. for that tweet. It's going to happen. But mm. LaVisca Chanel today, you know, yesterday we brought it up like, hey, the Jaguars signed Marvin, uh, not Marvin Jones, uh, Zay Jones. They already have Marvin Jones. Uh, they brought in Christian Kirk. You know, they have Marvin Jones, as I said. That's your trio, considering money they spent. I, I'm, I just don't. I don't either. But team. the report today was it could make LaVisca Chanel expendable. I know he struggled last year with drops, but Gino, I mean, over 600 yards back-to-back years. He has 36 missed tackles forced on reception since 2020, which is the second most among all receivers. If you're going to give a guy a chance next year, I'd rather have it be Visco than Jalen Rager. I mean, by far. Without a doubt. I mean, that's not even a conversation yeah. that I, I think would take long. In the and you have a lot of draft picks. I would, I mean, this is somebody the Eagles liked, and I bet considered between Rager, LaVisca, Brandon Ayuk, and in that first round in 2020. And the type of players I was referencing was Chanel. They want to get him off the books before the season starts because they have these two huge contracts kicking in. Actually, three if you count Evan Ingram now. They want to get him out of there. I'm looking at all of these opportunities if I'm Howie and saying, okay, DK is out there, right? But would he cost us a first round? Maybe LaVisca costs you like a third round pick. I don't think he's going to cost a premium because they have no leverage. They've signed receivers. They have Evan Ingram. The leverage is out of Trent Baalke's hands, who is arguably the worst general manager in the NFL. Take advantage of that situation. And we have brought up multiple times, Lou, there's somebody in the NovaCare complex that happened to be in Jacksonville when this player was drafted. Yep, David Caldwell. David Caldwell. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I just think he's a more versatile option that, you know, you could use in the backfield. There was a lot of times yeah. Colorado, you're going to the pro Perfect day tomorrow. For Quez and Devante. Yeah. I am oh, going yeah. to Colorado's pro day tomorrow. Yeah. In LaVisca at Colorado, a lot of the times was the quarterback, if you will, direct mm-hmm. snaps, you know, run after the catchability. He's a, a bigger body than Jalen Rager, a more physical frame, caught five touchdowns his rookie year. It's not like this kid hasn't shown that he can't play. Like he has struggled too, mm. for sure, but not nearly to the level of Jalen Rager. Like LaVisca Chanel has had a lot of ups as well in his first two years in the league. And, you know, he got a raw deal in Jacksonville playing with Urban Meyer last year. And, you know, I was really excited to see the creative role they could make for him. And then they draft Travis Etienne in the first round. So clearly mm. their plans had changed and they weren't going to use Visca in the way I thought, and they didn't. 
So he just gives you more dynamic ability at receiver. And yeah, everybody wants that big body receiver, but LaVisca Chanel, Quez Watkins, and Devontae Smith. I mean, I do like the idea of that. I'd prefer a first round receiver, but if you're going to make a move now that's realistic, I would rather trade for Visca than sign Juju to, I don't know, 9 million a year, 10 million. I would prefer this move. It's not even a conversation. Like yeah. it's a hundred percent the move you make if you're in that situation. Give up a draft pick. Like let's say it's a late day two or package yeah. of day three. You've already picks. got four or the other ones if you trade one. Yeah. Or shell out 10 million plus for a guy who's going to now split receptions with Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, a potential draft pick. And, oh, Dallas Goddard, who's probably going to have his best season of his yeah. career next year simply because Zach Ertz isn't here anymore and he's going to be fully healthy and Jalen Hurts is going to be his quarterback for his second consecutive year. I just think everything is in the way regarding the cap to sign yeah. a wide receiver. Like, there's just too many obstacles to do that right now with the market, with who is out there. It's not even a surefire bet unless you sign a guy like Allen Robinson, who's going to yeah. cost a ton of money. I see a Zach Pascal signing being the move. But at the same time, go and check out what the cost on LaVisca Chanel, somebody yeah. you and I loved coming out of that draft, somebody who could be a chess piece on offense. We talked about Reddick yesterday being the chess piece on defense. This guy can do everything. Everybody wants that Debo Samuel. Well, yeah, not, he's not Debo, but he could do a lot of the things that that type of yeah. player can. And as a fourth Line option, up. again, yeah. you're not asking him. I'll take maybe even fifth or six behind Kenny and Miles. Right. Think and about it. Exactly. The stats he had last year, the last two years, where he's surpassing 600 receiving yards, and then you add some rushing as well and the versatility, mm -hmm. the run after the catchability. Again, second most forced missed tackles the last two years. I'll, I'll take that as a role player, 100%. And like mm -hmm. you said, it's not going to cost much. Uh, Gino, you just mentioned something that I thought of um, based on what you said with, you know, because again, they, they're trying to add a receiver. They know the importance of having mm -hmm. another receiver here, especially one that has proven production. They tried to get Calvin Ridley. They tried to get Christian Kirk. They're interested in other players. They're going to draft somebody early if they don't land a, a big name free agent. Even if they landed a Zach Pascal, I think they would draft somebody high. But at the same time, you know, not disregarding the importance because we know that we've advocated for adding another player. But Overall, though, still, the way this team is going to take a step next year in the passing game, become a team that can throw it 30 to 40 times, another receiver is going to help. But as mm -hmm. the Cleveland Browns, when it comes to thinking that weapons are going to fix everything, the Eagles have weapons right now. They're not barren right now. They have Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, you mentioned. This year is going to take a, another huge step. Quez Watkins, I like a whole lot more. Uh, than many. I, I think he can be a wide receiver too. Miles Sanders, the way this team is going to take a step up, quite frankly, is just Jalen Hurts making the improvements on his own that he has to make regardless of the options. Weapons really weren't so, most of the time the reason last year that plays were left on the field. So I think again, you know, receiver is an important addition, but it's not like they need to add a wide receiver one this season to improve the passing attack. I think again, it's up to Hurts. Yeah, it's not a Elshon Jeffrey situation where you right. like kind of had to bring that guy. Yeah, we were talking to ourselves into like Kenny Britt before they signed Elshon. I oh mean, my God, like, do you remember that whole ordeal? You had to bring in anybody in Philadelphia. Yeah, because DGB fell off the planet so fast after 2016.
that was a quite the turnaround. I mean, then they go and grab Tory Smith, who was reported to be going there for a couple of years, and then they finally got him. And Juju Smith has had ties to the Eagles for a couple of years now. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if they can get him on the low if they still would go out and get him or if the market is just completely blown up. Maybe that's one of the reasons it slowed down. I'm not 100% sure. think we'll find out more tomorrow. But it all is on the shoulders of your quarterback now, and you have the luxury of having a high-profile offense where you can now potentially even add more weapons and be like the top teams, the Buffaloes, the Cincinnati's, the Kansas City's, the Los Angeles Rams, who have seven, eight, nine targets. Mm-hmm. It's like defense. you got to have seven, eight, nine guys that can oh, rush yeah. the passer. 100%. Same thing on offense with role players for sure. No, yeah, and I wasn't saying, like, you don't need to do anything. No, like, having no, another definitely. receiver, you have to add it, even regardless of Jalen Hurts, but it's going to help him as well develop mm. next year, is if you added, you know, some of the guys you're trying to add or if you drafted a first-round player. But at the same time, you know, I think people are going all in, like, you know, why haven't they added a receiver yet? It's not like they don't have anything set up. And to me, again, the focus should still be, when it comes to that next step in the passing attack, a lot of people are focused on, like, adding that receiver is going to do it. There's teams that have added around an average quarterback before and they didn't take the next step. It can definitely help them. But again, it's going to be up to Jalen next year. And a lot of the issues last year did not have to do with weapons. Sometimes it did, but uh, other times, you know, Quez Watkins was wide open deep down the field and Jalen just missed him. So uh, definitely that's an emphasis they need to continue to focus on this offseason. Gino, back to defense coming up next. The Eagles were interested in a veteran cornerback that perhaps they might pursue that we mentioned on the show last week. We'll talk about it next this edition of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. And why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when choosing Rock Auto. Don't spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. And right now with gas prices and so much different stuff, it's already very expensive to own a car. And Rock Auto, they have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write down LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. Thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. We're recapping a, you know, Gino, it felt like a busy day across the free agency period in the NFL. The tampering window continues. Tomorrow, 4 p.m., free agency officially opens up. Uh, We learned a lot about the Eagles today. They tried to get Marcus Williams. They tried to get Christian Kirk. They are very active in free agency, brought in Hassan Riddick already. Another uh, name that they were tied to that they have reported interest in is somebody that you mentioned by name last week when we were talking about cornerback options. It's former Minnesota Viking and Indianapolis Colt Xavier Rhodes, who has a history with Jonathan Gannon. And uh, I think this makes a lot of sense, and it's something to keep a close eye on that could happen, you know, tomorrow or the next day. 
And Xavier Rhodes just tends to play well under Jonathan Gannon. And you've really seen him play his best when JG was there as the cornerback coach in Indianapolis and in Minnesota. And he fits into that mentality that you're going to sign him. They potentially are going to draft a top guy who could sit eight to nine games, learn the ropes, and then get tossed into the fire or if Xavier Rhodes exceeds expectations, he plays out the year. And then you're done with him after 2022, which seems to be the Steven Nelson strategy, which yep. just didn't work into what JG wanted to do. But taking the 30,000-foot view, Lou, what I'm looking at is that they have a priority to make that defense better, which both you and I were panicking about for some of these positions. I just am feeling better that they're at least identifying guys that fit with the coaching staff and how the personnel is going to play on Sundays. I really think that that ebb and flow is there between them, the constant communication, like addressing the players that are available. Like Marcus Williams would have fit this defense perfectly. Xavier Williams would – or Xavier Williams. Xavier Rhodes would be a guy that you could toss out there opposite Darius Slay, run man concepts, run – zone concepts, let Avante Maddox play the most athletic guy on the field, and then just let Xavier Rhodes use his length to his advantage and let the rest of the defense mm. do what they have to do. I'd be confident going into next year with him and Slay being the starters outside yeah, as well as Avante. Yeah, I think it's a good idea, and especially if you want to add, you know, a cornerback with that last first round pick or maybe 51st overall. You know, I keep trying to will this into existence. You know, Tariq mm -hmm. Woolen, a raw cornerback like that, or Kyir Elam from Florida. You know, if you go later on or in Andrew Booth, somebody maybe just isn't mm -hmm. that isn't ready to start right away. Xavier Rhodes would be a great bridge cornerback for that kind of role. And, you know, after 2019, man, he looked completely shot, but it was because Minnesota still viewed him as a CB one and he was still assigned right. on this Island with the top pass targets. And then finally in Indianapolis, they made him more of a CB two and he fit that role a whole lot better. He bounced back really well. I think he was a top 12 graded cornerback in 2020. 20 by PFF last year, an above average grade of a 62 with Indy. He would have the same role here because you have Darius Slay, mm -hmm. you have Avante Maddox. You're asking him to be your short-term CB three, you know, that could potentially mentor a rookie. He used to be a top tier cornerback and again, it's still serviceable. I don't hate the move at all. I think it would be an upgrade over Steven Nelson. So would I prefer somebody like Razul Douglas still, of course, but he's expected to resign in Green Bay. And I think for the options that are out there and for what the Eagles need at corner through free agency, it really does make sense. Yeah, I still look at him and a guy like Akello Weatherspoon would really fit in here well. Yeah. But I, I'm with you there, Lou. You have this young core. You have optionality. He's not going to change any of the options. Like he's not the long-term future. He's going to be a guy that can just come in and play good ball in a role where I look at Joe Hayden the same way, where Joe Hayden kind of was looked down upon the last couple of years because he was matching up with the top guys. Then he went to Pittsburgh and he's lining up against number twos and he's having all pro caliber seasons yeah. once again. And not saying Xavier Rhodes is uh, all pro caliber player, but he's a serviceable starter. And he's a serviceable, serviceable starter in the scheme that you play, which is exactly how you should look to build your roster. You always hear quarterbacks like, are they a scheme type of guy? Like, are they a system guy? 
Well, in reality, you want all of your players to be system players and scheme guys because you want them to fit into what your coaches like to do and yeah. how your personnel department likes to build. Well, especially when it's a CB3, you would hope yeah. he fits that role because that's not a guy you're just bringing in because of Stephen Nelson talent. didn't, though. But. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point for sure. But uh, look out for that. It does make a lot of sense for the Eagles to potentially bring in somebody like Xavier Rhodes at the cornerback position. Uh, Gino, last thing here, the Jacksonville Jaguars, we mentioned a few times, just like, what are they doing? That kind of thing. Um, they released Miles Jack today. Yes. So that's another linebacker option open that could really fit that will position. And that got me thinking when I saw Miles Jack being released, you know, a versatile player, used to play running back at UCLA, a former first round pick. When it comes to linebacker and what the Eagles do, you know, me and you have talked about a lot. Again, we just want that, that one you know what? I keep pointing to Arizona because I love their mentality of what they're trying to do with Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. It's the reason they released Jordan Hicks coming off a career year. Those unicorn Swiss Army knife type players that they're rare, but they can do everything. And so we just we want that one player. And at linebacker, again, I guess it just still depends on you know what they do there is based on how they view Davian Taylor, right? Because yeah. he did take some really big strides last year, but. The kid just cannot stay healthy. And so, you know, if you, I guess if you're interested in Miles Jack, depends on how you feel about Taylor's long term future. Like, do you think he'll eventually be the every down linebacker that even in dime, you know, I should, you know, he's the one, you're Nigel Bradham in 2018 and 2019, where he's the only linebacker out there. And if not, maybe you go for somebody like Miles Jack or you draft a linebacker early. I guess their actions are going to show what they do believe about Taylor because it's it's fascinating because you can go back and forth with it. I have to correct you on the Miles Jack thing. He was a second round pick. Jalen Ramsey was the That's first right. round pick. And I he thought fell he all the way to the yeah. He should have remembering because most spot. mock drafts had Miles Jack in it, but it was the injuries that yeah, you're right. Yeah, good and point, they swung both of those picks, which are yeah. no longer there, and to not get anything from Miles Jack, who's still in the prime of his career. I believe he would come here and also be an instant impact player. But talking about the guys that we want, Miles Jack, Marcus Williams, Miles could do a lot of different things for you. So could Marcus Williams. So can Hassan Riddick. That's what we have to focus on the next couple of days in this value part of free agency. Mm -hmm. Sign guys that can play in multiple different areas, fit multiple different hats, and fit within your scheme. And yeah. what they're doing and the swings that they're taking fit that exact philosophy to a T. And I'm excited to see where they go the rest of the way because this is only one pillar of the offseason. We have the other big pillar in the draft, which is going to tell a lot too. And this is a good indicator of what's going to happen. And tomorrow, who better be ready. It's going to be a big day for this league, and I'm excited. And maybe Taylor wouldn't impact it, you know, if you'd want him and somebody else like Jack or a first round, like a Devin Lloyd to be your two nickel linebackers long term. But that would kind of negate their belief in TJ Edwards. And mm -hmm. Howie Roseman mentioned him by name at the combine. And I really think they do believe in Edwards, who took a big step. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what they do at linebacker. And it'll be telling what they think of Taylor and Edwards with their actions for sure. As Gino said, it's going to be a crazy few days. The Eagles are making big swings. They already landed one home run on Monday with Hassan Riddick. I bet you there's more to come on Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles wherever you get your podcasts, Monday through Friday. We're available on all platforms and we're on YouTube as well in video form. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just type in Lockdown Eagles and you're going to find a lot of content. And uh, speaking of a lot of content, we're tweeting a lot at Lockdown Birds, at DBASI LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. 
Thanks for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening, and let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.